0: Thank you for being a POV Plus subscriber. If you're not subscribed to POV Plus on Apple Podcasts, you are missing out on ad free listening as well as an episode every week from Text to My Therapist, my exclusive show where I talk about news, pop culture, and anything else that tickles my fancy. This week we talk about Madeline Brockway, the $89 million wedding. We talk about our Diva Down George Santos, and we talk about Beyonce that very controversial vulture article that has Twitter mostly and the beehive up in arms but today on POV you're my therapist I wanted to read you a poem by Fadwa Tuquan and she is often known as the poet of Palestine she was born March 1st 1917 and died December 12th 2003 The poem is called Enough For Me. Enough for me to die on her earth, be buried in her, to melt and vanish into her soil, then sprout forth as a flower, played with by a child from my country. Enough for me to remain in my country's embrace, to be in her close as a handful of dust, a sprig of grass, a flower. So when I was in college, I never took a poetry class and I actually think that might be one of my regrets because I, when I was in school, I was just so overwhelmed by reading and all of these things. But I will say, despite everything that's been going on in the world, which is something I'm going to talk about today, um, the one good thing, the tiny, small, good thing that's come from this is that I have discovered Arabic poetry, which, oh my God, I don't understand how a language can be so beautiful. I don't understand the language. Obviously, I don't speak Arabic. But the translation of some of these poems blow my fucking mind. Like, the other day, I held my sister hostage on the phone telling her about these poems, and then I pulled up a couple and I read them to her. And one of them that I really, really loved, are these love poems because... Okay, so I fell into this dark... Not dark hole, but I spiraled into this, like, world really quickly because i was on tiktok and that song that's been trending with you know everything like you'll see at the protest and when people are talking about palestine is this song by this egyptian singer named shireen where she's like i'm going to sing a little bit of it for you cuz i learned the lyrics i tried really hard lili ya yali lili ya lili mingaramu and that's all you're gonna get because I've been working on my pronunciation for the second line. So anyways, I ended up um, trying to translate or finding a translation for the song. And oh my God, I was like, wait, this song sounds so happy, but it is not at all. It's such a heartbreaking song. That kind of reminded me of all the tweets I've seen on Twitter about like Arabic poetry and how beautiful it is. And they're always in Arabic. So then in the comments, people would be like, it doesn't even, like, you can't even compare it when you translate it to English. Um, And so I was like, all right, let me look up some Arabic poetry. And girl, I was not disappointed. I read some of the most beautiful stuff I've ever read in my life the other night. Um, Did it make me emotional? No, but it made me realize that I would like to feel love. You know, maybe once in my life so I can understand what these people are talking about and i think it's just you know the language in particular that being said what i wanted to talk about this week was spirituality in a different way because you know i think a couple weeks ago i did talk about spirituality i touched on it a little bit and i i I don't know, I touched on it a little bit But when I was looking through my notes this week I was like, wait, I didn't touch on it the way I was supposed to Mm, Let's revisit this topic Because I feel like it's really If you're like me If you're on the Twitter, if you're watching the news, if you're watching, you know, these things that are happening in the world in front of us and like these great atrocities and like, oh my God, I've, I've seen so many horrible things this week and like, and I can't imagine, oh yeah, I'm seeing it through my phone and like, it stuns me and I'm shocked and I'm, I'm just like mouth agape. I'm just shocked. I can't imagine seeing that in real life. I can't imagine experiencing that in real life. There's such a level of feeling sometimes that you experience that like, I don't know, I would I would describe it as an out-of-body experience, not saying like, oh, I'm here, but I feel like I'm there feeling it. But I don't know if ever you've psyched yourself out to the point where, okay, let me give you an example. So one time I was listening to this podcast and I binge this podcast and this is why, if something, if I'm listening to something and it's extremely heavy and it makes me feel, like it it gives me a sense of fear, like I feel, feel it. It gives me unease. It makes me, oh my God, I don't binge it. I just can't. I cannot allow myself to do that. I have to really be wise and listen to what is happening within me. As much as I may want to know what's going to happen in the story, if my body is, is entering fight or flight just by watching, listening, whatever, I am like, okay, I have a choice in this matter. This is not life or death for me. I'm lucky in that way. So I'm going to stop listening to this podcast and it was this podcast called Girl the Smiley Face Killer it was about Keith Jesperson and it was just so vivid it was extremely vivid because it was narrated by his daughter and she knew him on a level that like nobody else did and so taking her experience of abuse from her father and then the things that he did as a serial killer it was just too much it simply was too much and i got to a point where one time i was listening to it and i was walking my dog and i had this sudden like feeling of like what would i do like how would i feel if i ever killed somebody that is a level of depravity that i could never let my mind get to like you know sometimes you're getting into an argument with somebody and like this crosses my mind like every so often um before we even go any further as you can imagine this probably will be a very touchy episode so big fat trigger warning before we even start um because I'm gonna, I just wanna talk about the human condition today. I really do. I do. And empathy and sympathy and all of these things that I think we have the ability to touch on, but somehow, oh my God, there's so many, oh, so many people who are just completely engulfed in apathy no care in the world as long as they're good they're fine how i right now i'm i'm not i'm not that person i've never been that person i've always been empathetic sympathetic sometimes i choose to turn that sympathy off once i've seen enough stupidity and i'm like all right bitch you're on your fucking own you don't want better for yourself i can't help you that being said (laughs) um i think it's something that we should talk about so that we remain fresh on what is a boundary and what is real life, and what is sympathy, and what is empathy, and that it is okay to change your worldview every once in a while. Okay? So, we're gonna be talking about those things. And I also wanna talk about something that I call the little apocalypses. Um, and it all ties in, so bear with me, all right? I'm listening to this podcast, I'm having these very visceral feelings where shit just feels true, real. Somehow, something in what I've heard is just triggering the fuck out of me. And I start thinking, what would I do if I I actually killed somebody? Could I actually, do I have that in me? There are some people that are just so violent, they could do it, but do I have it in me? And whether that be because I'm mad or whether it's for survival Honestly, survival. I'm no doubt in my mind. I'm choosing my life over yours any day, and I don't mean that in a. Oop! I'm leaving you behind. I'm finna climb this cliff. Bye, bye, bitch. You're too heavy. No, I mean like if you wanna fight me and you're trying to kill me, girl. Wah, 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 I'll turn into a little rabbit animal. You know what I'm saying? I will fight for my little life. You know. What I'm but when it comes to rage and like the way people kill people, premeditated crime of passion, whatever. I have always been so in control of my emotions that that thing just doesn't cross my mind. Like it's, I cannot imagine myself getting riled up to that extent of being so angry that I could harm another person. I cannot imagine ever justifying harming another person. Like, like I mean real bodily harm. I couldn't imagine it. And all of the time, like I, you know, I, I ask myself questions, I ponder, I'm always pondering, and I, I'm i looking at this whole situation and I'm, I'm feeling a lot of angst because I'm like, oh my God, you come to this realization all of a sudden that you're like, oh my God, am I in the bad place? I think I might be in the bad place, but you might be in the bad place morally, but in no by no means are you in the bad place physically. Um, the people in the war zones are in the bad place, all right? And I've been, this has been weighing heavily on me because I'm seeing all these things and it's just, it's just touching me a lot. So I'm trying to have this conversation with my mom and my mom, she is somebody who was, she lived in Haiti and I think we've talked about this. She's lived in Haiti for, like, you know, she grew up in Haiti, right? Most of her life was spent in Haiti. So... She's had a lot of near death moments where, you know, her mouth almost got her killed, like quite literally, not even a figure of speech because, you know, she was politically involved. And then, you know, the tides turn and, you know, how all the Trumpy people were like, oh, you know, win if Biden wins, the, the America's over, America is done, Like, okay, yes, but quite literally in Haiti, it was quite literally that. Mm -hmm. Sorry, you know, the right person won, or whatever. I don't even remember what it was, but, like, she had been, like, campaigning, like, you know, door to door. Like, I believe in this person. We should vote for this person, whatever. Their neighbor silently watched on, and then when his candidate won, he showed up at the door and was like, where the fuck is she? I'm about to pew pew her. Like, quite literally, like... He's like, my time has come. It's time for me to kill everybody who opposes me. Literally. Not even joking. Not even being sarcastic. Not even, um, you know, spicing things up for the entertainment factor of it all. So she was like, the only reason why she got away from that was because she hid in a fucking bathroom. She hid in an outhouse. As he's rampaging through the house trying to find her, she was hiding in an outhouse. So, you know, that almost got her killed. And then when her because my sister's dad was a general in the Haitian army before all of that stuff fell apart and he would always tell her like don't be so noticeable he'd always be like don't drink when you're out he had like a couple life rules he was like don't drink when you're out he was like pretend to drink but don't be drunk and uh, you know um and he was like don't trust people who show you their gun and he was like don't be politically loud unless you're really about it and you're willing to die for it Uh, but she was not willing to die for it so she was like all right zip it and he was right because there's been plenty of times where that situation her hiding in the house because she almost got killed that happened more than once babe like happened multiple times so you know clearly she'd she'd not learned or she she was very passionate about how she felt and you know she until i guess she had kids and her point of view changed but anyways all of the time i i i'm trying to have these conversations with her so she's very like divine your life is little she was like you haven't done half of the things that you want to do you know just rest just calm down just when i sit there sometimes and i think if i was if i somehow got all the power in the world how would i fix everything what how would i fix the world and I am always just so stumped by the fact that I can never find an answer. I always think, okay, well, first rules first. Nobody can be mean to each other. Everybody has their rights, okay? Everybody has their basic human rights. Bad people go to jail. And then I'm like, okay, what constitutes as a bad person? What about the people who, like, they just want to create chaos? The people who they wake up and they want to hurt. Like, what do you do with them? And then I'm like, okay, yeah, first sign of heritage you put them in jail. You know, you lock them up, you throw away the key. But then it's like, okay, but can somebody change? What if, what if you start getting all philosophical and you're like, every human has the ability to change, even if at their core nature, they are a bad person it's like I'm like what about the narcissist people in the world or the homicidal people in the world who know they're homicidal and they're like "Uh, well I'm gonna tie my hands behind my back and I'm never gonna do anything about it what do you do when you find out they killed a cat as a child do you throw them in a in a loony van what do you do because then you're violating a human right because no crime has been committed yet all these fucking questions and I'm like oh my god by the time I get through the end of my laws in and, and Divine's Perfect World, I am like, oh, you're a dictator. <laughs> I'm like, wow, you made North Korea, but it's pink. Stop. Like, oh, my gosh. Like, and I, I just get so I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck? So. The other day I found myself like really annoyed with this because I'm like, and when you start thinking like this, you start going, oh bitch, you tumble down that hill quick. You're tumbling down the hill because you're like, oh my God, what the fuck was the point of anything? You start getting very, I, okay, I can't say you, but I start getting very like upset and very worked up. And I'm like, God, what the fuck was the point of anything? What are you doing? What are you doing? And the other day I was having this conversation with my mom and like, and it wasn't like, okay, when I, when I, I'm about to repeat what she said, obviously, but I don't want you to think like she said it, like, this is how it is. We were going, we were basically talking through the whole, we were talking through philosophies and like stuff. So these are not like core beliefs or whatever, but she was telling me how when she was growing up, she had a. Uh, what would it, her godmother, her godmother was like an extremely beloved woman, extremely beloved because she was so giving. She was so kind. She was always giving people help. She was always giving people food. And, you know, in a place like Haiti, that's very helpful. She was just kind and she was constantly giving and giving and giving. And it wasn't until this lady was dying that they realized, holy shit, she is a horrible person. Because she was dying and she had diabetes and she had a stroke and she ended up in a coma and they uh, had to amputate her toe and then her foot and then her leg and then her thigh. Okay, and then her other leg, like bit by bit, this lady was just getting, you know, amputated. So. As she's laying in this coma, my mom and my grandma, they have a priest come in and pray for her. And this man, like, you know, I, I have my issues with religion, but there are some people that I just feel are extremely connected. And he was one of those people. And his name was Mr. Gabriel. So Mr. Gabriel comes in and he does his prayer and he leaves the room extremely disgruntled. And my mom's like, Oh, what's wrong? And she's like, And he tells her, he's like, this lady is in purgatory. And he's like, she's a bad woman. She's a bad woman and she is stuck in purgatory. This is her hell. He was like, hell is here. It's on earth. This is her hell. Just bit by bit getting pulled apart. And my mom and my grandmother later on were having a conversation where, you know, they're just reminiscing on their life. And come to find out, This lady, my mom's godmother, the amount, my, obviously just imagine you have a bunch of immigrants coming into a country, they don't know the language, they don't know the rules, they, they have a sense of how money works, how the economy works in their country and all they can do is really kind of translate that to the numbers they see here. Imagine knowing all of that because you've been here for a little while longer. You speak the language and you take advantage of every single person. You make their life harder by taking every single penny that they have and telling them that basically it's not you. It's like what the government requires. Basically making up rules about housing, extra fees, extra costs. People are going hungry to pay these fees so they don't get deported because they're terrified of getting deported. And this money is really just going into your pocket. That's what this lady was doing her whole life, her whole life on the front end. She was giving, she would give people cakes for birthdays, weddings. She'd feed their kids when they were hungry, but on the back end, and those were people who were doing better than her. And then on the backhand, she turned around and she was basically taking from the poor, from the needy people who needed help, and she would steal from them and then turn around and show face. So she, my mom was basically like, everyone is going to get their karma. And she was like, I, she was like, I cannot, she's like, I'm old. I can't spend my last few days, you know, being up in arms over what this country is doing because i'm gonna die soon and i just have to pray that everybody gets their karma and she's like and everybody will get their karma and i'm like i'm like yeah that's true everybody will get their karma but it's like i found myself asking like what karma did these people who are getting killed amputated who are dying what did they do to deserve this and then i'm like you have so many children, like So many children dying and just the purest souls are experiencing the worst of humanity. And it's like, what did they do to deserve this? What did they do to deserve this? And it's like, what sin could they have committed to deserve this? And obviously the answer is nothing. And that's why I find myself thinking like, maybe, maybe death is, is, is the gift. Maybe the maybe dying and not having to live in this place and not being in the hell that is their life and this existence maybe that's like the good thing because I don't know what comes after this place I don't know I simply don't know so if they can be released of their suffering then maybe that's that's the the that's the good karma and like that's me like just thinking and like trying to understand something And just trying to understand something and like i've always you know when i i grew up in the church obviously grew up catholic and then christian but catholic you know i went through the seven sacraments i did them all i think it's uh, i didn't get to confirmation i didn't do my confirmation or did i i don't think i did i don't think i did my confirmation but you know and then after that is marriage and then i think like dying or something i don't know But, you know, I grew up in the church. So had a very stark visual of heaven and hell. And I remember a couple years when I was in college, actually, one day I was driving to school and I was listening to This American Life. And the episode was about this pastor that was excommunicated from the church um, because he was American not because he was American, he was American, but he wanted to open his church up to the LGBTQIA because he knew that there were a lot of people who had faith, but you know, they just were gay niggas be gay. So he wanted to open his church up to that. And the Catholic church had a bad, like they were not with it. So, but that's not why he got excommunicated. Why he got excommunicated was because he said that, you know, one time in a dream, the Lord, our God came to him, something spoke to him and told him that hell was on earth. Hell is a place on earth, okay? And the way we live our lives determines whether we are in hell or we are in heaven. And what comes after is just an extension of that, except it's eternal. The church did not like hearing that at all. So they excommunicated him. They were like, fuck no. That goes against everything we teach, Believe in what the Bible says, goodbye, hurrah. Despite the fact that there are several missing books of the Bible because they all burned down in the Library of Alexandria. But, you know, hurrah, goodbye. But listening to that, I was like, you know, I've heard a lot of bullshit come out of the mouths of preachers. But this is the one thing that I think I fully agree on. And sometimes you cannot change your circumstances at all, at all. And like, I wonder, you know, if you're an innocent in all of it. And that actually is not the point that I was trying to make. So let me just backtrack because I started going off like I was trying to connect my two points, but then I started making the wrong connection with my two. Anyways, so the point was I read the Bible, whatever. We got to revelations. All right. (sighs) Girl, as a small Catholic child, Revelations was the scariest thing ever. I watched that movie, Left Behind. Do you guys remember that movie, Left Fucking Behind, with that white man who was in every evangelical uh, fiction movie ever? but you know, they swore with whatever. Okay. I'm not going there, but watch left behind, you know, the trumpets came, um, the, let me read it to you. So you guys understand the kind of fucking psychological fear they were instilling on young Catholic children. Um, I'm simply going to Google. What does revelations say? Okay. All right. So like the whole prophecy of like the end of the world um, is, you know, it's not pleasant uh, in every book. It's very scary, actually. So Revelations talks about like the end times, how the world is going to end. Well, that's what it's believed to talk about is how the world is going to end. But some scholarly people and people who are much smarter than me think it just means the end of a time period and the end of an era. So there's like four horsemen of the apocalypse, which are like famine, um, wars, religious deception and pestilence. Um, pestilence, interesting, is basically disease on a large scale. Pandemics, pandemics, I just said that twice. Epidemics and pandemics, um, which always happen around world wars, and famines and stuff like that. So which you know i'm pretty sure like when you sum up these things you can quite think about how many times these things have happened over history like there's famines right now there's there was a really bad famine in yemen and i'm pretty sure that there still is a famine in yemen which was caused by a war um, which, you know, was, that war was probably caused by somebody coming and saying, I am your leader. I am the chosen one. I am the one who is going to save you. So I feel like these four themes constantly re replicate themselves over time. Like it is, I feel like it is just, it is, a str- it is, it, ugh, I'm trying to find my words. I feel like it is something that happens time and time again and it makes itself so shown through time again. When you are in a war, you tend to have famine. When you have famine, you tend to have outbreaks of um of disease and and pandemics and sometimes and with our level of technology and how much we travel, that's really easy to spread. And what a lot of the times causes wars are people coming and saying I know how to fix you. I know I am your savior. God sent me to you. I want to help you. So when people are constantly talking about like, this is the end of times. This is it. This is it. I'm like, babe, it's always been it. This has always been it. This has happened time and time again. And what I think about all the time is like how many times people are dying and they're going through this horrific event and they think this is it. This is the end and it's the end of the world. This is the apocalypse. I wonder what the people who felt the very first earthquake, who died from the very first earthquake, they probably said this is the end. This is the apocalypse. God has come for us, which is true. It's not wrong at a, you know on a level. When a bomb drops, this is it. This is the end. This is the apocalypse. The people in Palestine right now, for them, this is the end. This is the apocalypse. This is it. So it's like, I feel like living on this earth is just constantly experiencing these little apocalypses time and time again. And the thing that is, I feel is very controversial for me to say, but I've said time and time again, and I think there's a lot of truth to it, is that without this level of connectivity and this is not saying that this is an excuse to not care that's not what i'm saying at all i think this level of connectivity allows us to know what's happening at every corner of the world every time and that's why sometimes i give stuff a lot of my attention and sometimes i just don't because when it comes to natural disasters and stuff like that, I can't control that. There's nothing I can do to control that. And seeing it happen time and time again, that is a little apocalypse. That is A little end of time that is just happening in this place and if i didn't have my phone i would have never known that it happened but then there are things that are extremely different because one i know is happening i see it's happening and on the scale of what is happening it is terrifying and my hand is in it my hand is in it because i pay taxes to this country and this country is using my money instead of using it to, instead of using it to, you know, fund schools and stuff, it's going towards the military. It's going through defense. It's going through all of these things. And I often find myself like, what would happen if we just literally minded our own business? And I mean that on a large scale. I don't mean like us individual people mind our own business. I mean, what the fuck would happen if the United States just stopped putting their hand in everybody else's pocket? Actually, they're not even in everybody else's pocket. They all—they are fisting everybody. They got their hand up in everybody' coochie. And it's like, girl, get out. Like, and the thing is, I understand not... If every country could be Switzerland, maybe there could be peace on Earth. But not every country is going to be Switzerland because not even Switzerland is Switzerland. I'm pretty sure with a quick Google search, I could find a time when Switzerland did not mind her motherfucking business. Okay? So, it's like, if every country, like, focused on themselves and actually did not even if the concept of war with other countries just simply did not exist if what is within your boundary was what you paid attention to and what you focused on maybe that is how the world heals maybe that's how there's peace on earth but there's always going to be that one motherfucker who comes out of nowhere and says hello you're standing on my lawn bitch you're standing on my lawn get off my lawn and it's like bitch i'm not on your lawn and it's like, yeah, but you know, wait, 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 back then, this was my grandmother's lawn. And my grandmother had told me that her grandmother had actually had her lawn over there on your lawn. So it's like, what the fuck? These are like huge concepts that I always have to keep myself from thinking about. Because the thing is, I think I've touched upon this before, but when I was younger, I had really, I had existential crisis, and i don't mean in the cutesy way oh no i mean like full-blown panic attacks because i just thought about the state of the world far too often way too often there was a time in my life when i couldn't look up at the stars because i would have a full-blown panic attack heaving cannot breathe have to tilt my head forward put my head in between my knees to catch my breath because the thought that there was something above this atmosphere terrified me terrified me girlies I was agoraphobic I couldn't leave my house I still suffer with agoraphobia today all of the time I have there are days when I'm like you have to leave the house girl you have to leave because we are so close we are we are we are tittering teetering back and forth trying not to fall into full-blown agoraphobia because you've been in the house for a week and now the outside world is is looking extremely scary and every time you think about touching the door you start having a slight panic attack your heartbeat is getting a little faster you need to go outside so there's a lot of stuff that's like it affects your everyday life and i think what we have to do is like we have to be very we have to be very disciplined with our thinking And that's the thing that I'm working on now is being extremely disciplined with how I think and how I think about everything. I, 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 I cannot, you know, bring myself over to Gaza. I can't, I can't close my eyes and snap a finger and I'm there. And even if I'm there, fix everything. I was gonna say something really crazy that was gonna get the FBI at my door, but we're shut up. (laughs) Like, there's a lot of things I can't do, but there are a lot of things I can do. Like, I can write letters. That resource I gave you earlier, texting ceasefire to 210. Oh, let me make sure it's the right number. I was going to say it off the top of my head. I'm pretty sure it's text ceasefire to 21000. So that's three zeros, 21000. I can do that. I can make sure that the people that I'm talking to, that I'm looking at when they're campaigning, that they are not going to be talking one kind of thing. And then the minute somebody starts waving money in their face, they start talking about something else. I feel like we need extremely morally incorruptible people in office because it seems to me that everybody's morally corruptible. And that is not how we're going to get a better world. And that's the thing that I also think about, too, is I'm like, these people are morally corruptible they really are and I'm like okay I'm not morally incorruptible I I will happily stand here and do what I, and say what I want to say and blah, blah 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 but then I'm like what does what is happening the minute y'all get in that building that something so changes within your politics that the thing that you had passionate sermons about speaking about apartheid states and the history of South Africa and, and, you know, revolution and all of these things, what happens when people go into government that makes them so, that turns them into putty? I really want to know. I wonder a lot of the times, like, what has happened the moment you walked in that building? Is it money? Is it the delusion of power? Is it, how power does change people. I feel like power changes people at a molecular level. These are things that I think about all the time. And then once I start thinking about that, I'm like, I don't want to put the whole faith of my life into one, the whole, the way my life might turn out, I don't want to put it into one person's hands. And then, you know, I start theorizing and I'm like, okay, what if <laughs> every year, just like the census, everybody got a, um, they got a Scantron. Okay. And everybody had to fill out the scantron and vote for the things that they wanted. Okay. And then also on your taxes, you got to, uh, check off where you don't want your tax money to go so that your tax money can actually go to the things that you want them to go to. So, you know, I wouldn't, in my taxes, I would not, my tax money would not go to the military. My taxes would go to local funding education because these kids cannot read child. It's so scary. It would go to education, it would go to homelessness, it would go to, like, mental health care. Like, just a way that people can have more control over what is actually happening in their communities. And, like... That's another thing I think about is like how disconnected we are from our community. I think about a lot of stuff all the time. But then I think about so much that I overwhelm myself and then I'm like locked in bed and I'm like, I can't move and I don't want to think anymore. But it's like, do I just resign to the idea that, you know, this is just how life is. This is just the way things are. I don't really want to do that. Because other countries have, you know, I I was going to say other countries have figured it out, but that's not true. Not, I don't think there's a single country on earth that has figured it out. I think some other countries, they're making steps. And I think, you know, this country, you've done great-ish, kind of. But there needs to be more excitement about actually having a different and brighter future. I don't want to have to pick between two worst options. I don't want that. I want to have the ability to actually have a say in my, the things that happen in my community, in my state, in my country. I want to know that my tax dollars are being used for good and not outright evil. I really do, I really do. And I wish You know, somebody would come along and just be like, we need to overhaul this whole system. We need to think really about the future and now and the things that have happened. But it's like every time somebody comes with these kind of ideals, guess what, girl? Within like a year and a half, they're like, JK, I'm a dictator. (laughs) Actually, authoritarian. Mm, That's my middle name, baby. Like, girl, what's going on? Like, sometimes I'm like, is it the human race? Is it us? Is it because Adam ate the apple and he blamed Eve and we really know that the apple means that they had, he ate our coochie? Yeah, did you know that? Did you know that? Did you know that? Because the Bible has, like, a very funny way of talking about stuff. It really does. The Bible actually is full of tea, bitch. Like, it's a lot of tea up in that hoe. Like, for real. Sometimes, like, I used to, like, every night, I would, like, read a little bit of the Bible. And I was not reading it, you know, to be sanctified by the spirit and the blood and body of Christ. I was reading it for the fucking gossip, bitch. These niggas was cheating. They had side hoes and side whores. And they... Had brothels. Because there's a difference between a side hoe and a side whore. A side hoe is just, you know, that's your hoe. She knows y'all are fucking. But a side whore. You go to a brothel and you pay for her. Okay? She make her money to sleep with your old ass. And then, like, this is the way time was calculated in the Bible. Like, niggas were living up to, like, 800 years old. And I'm like, okay, you weren't. But it's like, how did you calculate your days? Because... Or your years because you know I read Genesis, you know seven days in a week. So how were you guys calculating your years? But yeah, anyways, back to my original point. Yeah, I, Eve did not eat the apple, baby. Um, Adam ate Eve's coochie. Actually, sorry, 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 sorry. Let me back it up a little bit. The snake in the garden that tempted you know, Eve to bite the apple. The apple is sex. Okay. That snake is like human. It's the, like the part of the, what is the word? And why am I having trouble coming, finding my words these days? The snake is the lust. It's lust. It's an embodiment of lust and the apple is sex. And then when Eve went to Adam and she was like, you want to eat this apple? And he was like, yeah, I want to eat that apple. And he was like, actually, I'm kind of scared to eat that apple. And she was like, no, 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 just eat the apple. That's good. And then he ate her coochie. And that's what happened. That's what happened. Y'all, if I get struck by lightning, that's because. <laughs> Gosh. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, that was today's episode. Um, a lot was said. A lot was said, but these are some things I've been thinking about a lot recently because, you know, religion and the metaphysical world is such, girl, we can want to say that that shit doesn't exist, but it sure does. And for me, like on the lowest level, okay, sure, maybe God doesn't exist, but something does. There's, there's more to life than just the physical, Because how can you possibly tell me that I can feel when somebody walks into the room? I can feel when there's a presence in the room. How do you explain that? Is it air displacement? Because I didn't feel a breeze. I didn't feel anything. I felt like I could feel there was a person in the room. How do I know when I just feel it in my soul? I'm like, oh, my sister's sad. I need to call her. How do I know when, when you know, I haven't talked to one of my friends in a long t- while and I'm like, hmm, something must be wrong with her. And then I call and my girl is in the middle of a breakdown. How do I know that? How do I know? How do I know? There's more in this world than just us. And I think that all the energy we put out will come back and bless us or bite us in the ass. And I've never found myself hoping that there was a hell more than I have in these last few months. Okay. So anyways, that was this week's episode of POV, my therapist. If you're listening on Spotify, please make sure you leave a rating. I saw that I was at 799 ratings. That irks me because I just, can we just round that number up? Let's just get to a whole number, please, please. So if you're listening on Spotify, please make sure you leave a rating. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave a rating or review. I would really love it. If somebody left a review, it would make me really happy. But also if you're not subscribed to POV plus, make sure you do that so that you don't have to listen to my yummy, yummy ads. Yes, we love an ad. And also make sure you do that so you are part of the conversation that happens every week on text to my therapist. I already told you at the start of this episode, this week we were talking about Madeline Brockway, the $89 million wedding wedding. We're also talking about Diva Down, George Santos, and we're talking about Beyonce and the very controversial Vulture article that was written about the Renaissance film. So if you're not subscribed, you're missing out on that whole conversation, babe. So make sure that you do that so you're in the loop and you know what is happening in the goings on. Okay. I love you so much. I hope this week is filled with positive energy. I hope it is filled with blessings and love. I hope you feel loved. I hope you feel appreciated. I hope you feel like you deserve to be here because you do. I love you so much. Have a good week. Bye.